Green Pastures are the weekly devotions published by Vineyard Boise, consisting of four parts, the reading, the reflection, the question, and the prayer. Green Pastures for Friday, November 3rd. Sisters Offended. Today's scripture reading is found in Philippians chapter 4, verse 2, from the Message Translation, which reads, I urge Euodia, and I urge Syntyche, to iron out their differences and make up. God doesn't want his children holding grudges. This is God's Word. A brother offended is harder to be won than a strong city. Their contentions like the bars of a castle. So reads Proverbs 18.19, as the ancient sage warns us that mending bruised and broken relationships is, shall we say, not a simple matter. In fact, even Herculean efforts at reconciliation will often be of no avail. Sometimes it's like that pot the prophet Jeremiah smashed before the elders of a soon-to-be-exiled Israel, smashed into so many pieces it could never be put together again. Alas, Humpty Dumpty isn't confined to fairy tales. Life itself is more often like the fractured fairy tales of Rocky and Bullwinkle. I'm dating myself again, I know. And right about now, you're no doubt thinking, not just that, guys, this guy's old, but you're thinking, this is one lousy devotional. And you're right, actually, on both counts. And it is. Now, this is one lousy devotional. You see, my ever-optimistic best self wants to see Paul begging Euodia and then begging Syntyche to iron out their differences, bury the hatchet, kiss and make up, and, and then see things, not just go back to the way they were, but to be even better as their bond deepened through the stress and strain of their quarrel and difference. And perhaps it did. Sisters offended are like fortified masadas, unapproachable and impenetrable. But by my God, I leap over a wall, says the psalmist. And just maybe, Paul did. Maybe there was a happy ending here. Maybe. I hope so. Going back to Tim Woodruff's imaginative telling of the story behind Philippians in his book, A Distant Presence, I'd forgotten how he had imagined things had gone between Euodia and Syntyche. And I was waiting for the dramatic breakthrough moment right then and there as the letter was read, live, with the whole community there to celebrate their reunion. But, okay, spoiler alert if you're going to read the book, that didn't happen. It was dramatic, all right. Well, it was Euodia turning her back not only on Syntyche, but on the entire community. What had been a flourishing, life-giving, and sustaining relationship was now a shattered pot that even the most skilled practitioner of the Japanese art of Kintsugi would be unable to redeem, no matter how much gilded gold was at the ready. And it was such a downer, just like this devotional. I literally groaned. I wanted to reach through the print and be the Zuzigas, helping them to get past all this. And then I remembered that this is just that, print and pulp and paper and an author's imagination. But I still couldn't shake the disappointment. I think because I've witnessed too many shattered relationships that defied mending, 
And reading is supposed to provide some escape from reality, not just another heavy dose of it. In the notes that comprise the second part of the book, Tim Woodruff addresses the question, why don't you, Odie and Sentiki, make up in the end? Here's his answer. Novels about biblical times, like old movies, tend toward happy endings. Unfortunately, life, even religious life, I would say especially religious life, does not always end neatly or well. Conflicts remain unresolved. The bad guys win on occasion. Fellowship is broken. A church leader falls and cannot get up. In this case, Euodi and Syntyche do not iron out their differences in spite of Paul's urgings. I imagine that the letters of Paul had about as much effect back then as they do now. In our experience, we've seen that sometimes Paul convicts and convinces. Sometimes people turn a deaf ear to his message. Paul's impact varies. It's uneven. He wins a few and he loses others. Why should it have been different in the first century? Paul's words have never been magic bullets. I would like to imagine that Euodia and Syntyche made up in the end, overcame their differences and restored their relationship, but I've been in too many church squabbles. I've seen too many broken friendships. That they remain estranged in the end may not be the ending we want, but it's often the ending we get. Learning to deal with endings we don't like is critical to the church's ability to witness and persevere. Okay, I hear you, Tem, but you're still such a downer. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to channel Simone Biles and leap over a wall. So, as we pause for a moment of personal reflection and prayer, ponder, what unrepairable, broken relationships have you witnessed or experienced? How do we learn to deal with the endings we get rather than dreaming of those we wish we had? And how might we yet leap over that wall of offense to bring some measure of reconciliation? Lord, let me not give up so easily on that brother, that sister, wronged and walled away from me. Give me the wisdom not to rush the gates or storm the walls to try assaulting that which is broken by catapulting great stones of desired reconciliation that odds are will simply widen the relational breach. Remind me that it's the word in season that has the potential to heal and to await the season and that it's the gentle tongue that can break the bone of contention. And often, it's just listening. Make me a skilled practitioner of both. Through your mercies.